0: the left-wing extremists took advantage of the 4th of July. It's almost like taking advantage of Christmas to put forth a negative message about the country. The first person that caught my attention was an actress named Jessica Chastain, who put out a picture of herself uh, giving the finger uh, to the Supreme Court. Very, very nice, Miss Chastain. She won an Oscar, you may remember, for a movie about Tammy Faye Baker. She's a very talented actress. Um, And she's very upset about uh, the Roe v. Wade ruling by the Supreme Court. Doesn't feel her reproductive rights are being protective and all of that. It's the usual. You know, there's no—listen, you can dissent. I dissent. I think President Biden is hurting every American, as I just said. That's dissent. And if you don't like the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court ruling, dissent. But there's a way to do it. Giving the finger to the Supreme Court might not be that way. And then we have Katy Perry, very popular uh, pop star. I met her one time. She was very gracious when I was spoken to her. She's, again, Roe v. Wade doesn't uh, doesn't like the ruling. Women have fewer rights and sparklers or some nonsense. And then Kim and Kourtney Kardashian of 4th of July has been canceled due to a shortage of independent, sincerely, women. Well, you know, okay, but it's dopey. It's immature and foolish analysis. And coming from somebody like Kim and Kourtney Kardashian, who have no visible talent at all, and who have made millions of dollars off a culture that admires, I don't know what that culture admires, Maybe these are good women. That's possible. They sell stuff. But who are they? I mean, what have they ever done? They haven't done anything that I can see. So they should be very grateful to their country that allows people who really don't have any talent to amass millions of dollars, right? Legally. And they did it legally. The Kardashians did it legally. Now, every day they put pictures of themselves out, I don't know what that's narcissism, but it's turning into cash. So, OK, I don't have any beef with that. But to say fourth July has been canceled to a shortage of independence when you, too, have capitalized on our independence to make a fortune doing nothing, contributing nothing. And maybe that's unfair. I don't know what their fragrance is or whatever they're selling. But it just it's it's a little unsettling to me. So I wrote a column about this. I hope you read it. It's called Pride in America. And um it basically parallels my success in America to Michelle Obama's success. Now I I'm sure that Michelle Obama does not want to be in my column, but I was respectful to her. And I reminded everybody that on February 18th, 2008, she said this, go. But what we've learned over this year
1: is that hope is making a comeback. It is making a comeback and let me tell you something, for the first time in my adult lifetime, I'm really proud of my country. And not just because Barack has done well, but because I think people are hungry for
0: change. All right, so her husband, Barack Obama, did not like that comment. I know that for a fact. And Michelle Obama, you know, first time in my adult lifetime, I'm really proud of my comment. In my column on BillOReilly.com, I explain what she meant by that. Okay, so I hope you all read it. So summing up, 4th of July uh, celebrates our independence, celebrates that we're the greatest country on earth and we provide the most opportunity for the most people. Therefore, I can back up that statement because there are millions of people trying to sneak in here. Why? Because they don't think they're going to have independence as women? Jessica Chastain, Katy Perry, is that why millions of women all over the world want to come here because they think they're going to be persecuted? like they are in Saudi Arabia and many other countries? Is that what you think? Is it? So, you know, my slogan is the spin stops here. I'm going to have to expand out to the dopiness stops here. Joining us now uh, from Austin, Texas, is uh, Tim Kennedy. You may know him. He kicks people in the head, or he used to. um, And he has a new book out called Scars and Stripes, and unapologetically American story of fighting the Taliban, UFC warriors and myself, it's a bestseller. Uh, And I just wanna give Tim, before we start the interview, your resume. So people know uh, that you joined uh, the army on February 4th, 2004, all right? In 2007, you completed Ranger school. You were a sniper among other things. You went to Iraq to fight. Uh, you went to Afghanistan to do the same thing. And then on October 16, 2017, you, uh, retired, uh, from the U S army. So number one, when you hear people on the 4th of July, famous people made a lot of money in America, say they don't have any freedom and this is a bad country. How do you react?
2: Um, I don't, almost the same way that I react with a petulant child, you know, saying something silly that they don't understand. You know, if uh, it's it's dinner time and my seven year old is like, "Hey, can I have ice cream?" No, you you can't have ice cream. You have to have dinner first. You know, it's it's that same level of ignorance where they don't even understand what's good for them. They don't understand how grateful they should really be that there's going to be this beautiful dinner, you know, that um like I went and hunted some elk and I've prepared elk tacos. And that's what we're going to have for dinner, but instead like, they want some ice cream and it's naturally harvested, it's the best food on the planet. But they just don't know, and they don't understand and they're they're so ignorant that they can't even appreciate how valuable that is and how many people all over the world would rather have that. Um, I, I look at them that way, where I, I pity them to a degree, uh, but I also I smile inside because their ignorance is because we have it so good. Okay. There's a reason that this country is amazing.
0: Do you respect their descent?
2: I think it's childish. Okay. I I am proud that they have the the right to like. Imagine if they were in North Korea, they were in Venezuela, they were in I mean even Ukraine, in Russia. If they said something like that or they did something like that, they would be blackbagged and they would disappear for the rest of their lives. Their that argument would, be, the would
0: be their argument would be, Tim, that they're trying to make the country better. All right. That their their dissent on the Fourth of July, giving the finger to the Supreme Court they They want a message that I, I, Jessica Chastain or Katy Perry or whoever they are, the Kardashians, we want to make things better. Isn't it noble to want to make things better?
2: It is. I, I want. I want to make things better too, you know. I'm. I'm. I'm in it in, in a position right now where I'm looking at this country, and I'm not so happy. I'm not so thrilled about the way our country has been performing in the past, you know, year, year and a half. Um, but I'm still so very proud of our country, and I'm very proud of our countrymen. And while there's always room for improvement, and and I don't think ever should we be comfortable in where we're at, but always strive to be better. When uh, you're on th- on Fourth of July disrespecting the greatest country to ever exist on this planet, you look like a child.
0: Okay. I don't respect the uh, dissent that I just named because it's dissent, as you rightly pointed out, based in ignorance. So if you're going to dissent about, and I am a dissenter right now, I believe that the president of the United States, duly elected, okay, is hurting every American, and I'm dissenting I'm not supporting that, all right? So I'd like to see him leave office, and we're going to get to Mr. Biden in a moment. However, my dissent is based on facts. It's not based on, well, I don't have any freedom because I do have freedom. Supreme Court is actually giving me more freedom because I, as a law-abiding citizen, uh, if I want to, can now carry a gun in New York State. So I've got more freedom while the kardashians apparently have gotten less because of the supreme court so it's all a matter how you look at it but if those ladies were here instead of you tim how long do you think they could stand up to me in an interview format
2: i I, we both know they would never sit across from either one of us to to debate freedom um they also don't and and have never had the opportunity to really look or be at a place where freedom hasn't existed and people are truly pr- persecuted. Yeah, I don't I, know I've that. been in Iraq.
0: I don't know Jessica just saying where she's been or where she hasn't been. Now, um, let's get on to your book. So you have had ups and downs. Would that be, uh, would that be, <laughs> all right? So you were down low, you're up yeah. high. Uh, it, it looks to me like you're a working class guy who decided to make a life for himself in this country. But in doing so, you put yourself at risk. And You went to Iraq and yeah. Afghanistan; you could have gotten a bullet right between the head. Why did you go to those theaters?
2: I, I and the same reason that we've been discussing, because I believe in freedom. You know, it's uh, we have something unique and special here. You know, this is Camelot. This this is the light on top of the hill where everybody we are the beacon of hope that everybody still looks to. And um, you know, i I've, I've seen gays pushed off rooftops and their bodies dead on the street you know so when people talk about the freedoms being you know inched back here in the united states it's it's insane and so childish and ignorant ultimately because they don't understand what it's like everywhere else and i've been to those places and i've fought in those wars and i and knowing how special we have it here i will do it to the day that i die
0: okay so you went over to protect people who were being persecuted by saddam hussein by the taliban that's where you went when you were pulling the trigger as a sniper, and you knew that you were going to kill a human being in your sights, what went through your mind?
2: Um, breath control, side alignment—you know, making sure I'm in good, steady firing position, making sure I have good recoil management. To, <laughs> so it was all technical. Um, yeah, that's that—that's all. Um, making sure I'm doing the right thing, but everything that happens before that is what's important. You know, for me to decide that a human life is going to be taken, like there's a due process and there's a really important reason why we have special operations for deployed. When a green Beret is in a position where you have a special forces sniper that's looking down on a Taliban um, operation, we are there for a reason. And they, that group specifically is targeting in horrific ways, the things that they do um, they do not need to exist. Like this isn't greater good. This isn't, you know, like, Hey, we're trying to, you know, find uranium or, you know, more oil in a country. We, we are, We are protecting marginalized groups on the planet that are being persecuted, and we're doing that not just for America, but also for them.
0: Okay. Now, one of the reasons I asked for you to be a guest today is because your book, Scars and Stripes, uh, ties in with my book, Killing the Killers. Um, It's the same uh, you were on the ground. I was a historian, although I've been to Iraq and Afghanistan in those theaters, uh, but I didn't fight. I, I went to try to boost the morale of the U.S. troops. But Killing the Killers explains why uh, these people uh, have to be eliminated. And you were the one of the people who did that. And that's that's why I asked and I wanted you to get there. So we appreciate it. Scars and Stripes is the book. We hope you all check it out. Tim, we'll talk again soon. And thanks for coming on.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: OK, so Gallup is a pollout out taken over a three weeks period in June. 1,015 adults, party affiliation, Democrat 28, Republican 28, Independent 42, fair poll. And they asked the folks, um, trust. Do you trust television news? A great deal, 4%. I guess those are the people who run the television news industry. <laughs> That's it. Quite a lot, 7 So only 11% trust the television news industry in the SA. And the rest don't. 49% have no trust and very little trust in television. Now, I worked in this industry, I have worked in it, um, for 47 years now. And I started when I was 12, you know, so you can make all those jokes. Um, But when I started, it wasn't corrupt. And over a period of time, it came more and more and more and more corrupt. Why? When I started, the corporations, generally speaking, and I worked for corporations from day one, they stayed out of the news arena because they said, all right, we need it, you know, to bolster our image, but we're not looking to make a lot of money off it. And so we'll leave it alone and not inject ourselves, you know, how corporations can be. Well, around 1996, that all changed because of me. And I, I'm the reason it changed because when the Fox News Channel was invented in 96, nobody felt that it was going to be anything. All right. Now, CNN was around and MSNBC had just started. The network news programs did make money. All right. The Today Show, Good Morning America. And the nightly news made a little bit, 60 Minutes made the most because that was a primetime hit. But the money really wasn't extraordinary in the corporate media. So Disney, they, don't, they didn't, in the past, make money off The View. Only 2 million people watch The View. They make a little money, but not a lot. They make their money in animation and theme parks. But then, as the Fox News Channel, and in particular the O'Reilly Factor, became dominant in this country, literally billions of dollars flowed in to the news corporation, which owned Fox News. Billions with a B. Everybody saw that. And they said, we're going to do this too. We're going to make billions of dollars. And that was the end. That was the end of it. Now, at Fox News, when I started, I was totally independent. Nobody told me what to say or do ever because they knew that I wouldn't put up with it because I told them that. When I left after 20 plus years, that rule for me was still in place, but not for everybody. So now almost all the commentators and reporters on television news, whether it's network news or cable news, do what they are told. Though there is a management level that dictates what you will see and hear. CNN is the best example of that because the dictum went out, we hate Trump, you are to get uh, information and commentary to destroy him, across the board. And that's what CNN did. MSNBC is is different because they tried to imitate Fox News. Fox News tilted right into the traditional conservative precincts to give those people something to watch. They didn't have anything to watch before Fox News. So MSNBC said, well, we're going to do this left. They were not successful. They aren't successful now. They make some money, but, you know, it's it's not anything like the Fox News juggernaut remains. They still make billions of dollars. They're selling off my numbers still. So anyway, once the corporations got in to television news and started to dictate what Americans would see and hear, then everything changed. Now, there are good reporters, obviously, you know, reporters that bring you honest information, but they are heavily outnumbered. And when Trump came in, he blew everything up because it was either we love Trump or we hate Trump. That was it. And the audience that hated him went in to watch the hate. The audience that loved him went in to watch the love. And you can't run a information agency based on partisan politics, if you want people to believe you. So that's what happened. So uh, the next thing on a Gallup poll was newspapers, uh, 16% of Americans trust newspapers um, and uh, 80% don't. That's a different thing. Newspapers never made a lot of money, all right? There are three dominant newspapers, or there used to be in America the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Los Angeles Times, okay? All three of those newspapers decided not to be newspapers when Trump got elected. Now they are supporters of the Democratic Party. That's what they are, okay? Those papers, they work with the Democrats to promote what the Democrats and liberal America wants. And that's it across the board. Look at the contributors on the op-ed page of the New York Times. There are no doctrinaire conservatives at the paper, none. And there are like 12 to 15 liberals. Washington Post has George Will, but we all know about poor George and what happened to him. I'm not even going to bother with it anymore. If you don't know him, then that's okay. LA Times almost out of business. They're so militant left. I mean, they wanted to keep uh, the guy in San Francisco, the D.A. that was recalled. They wanted to keep him. And no problem with him. <laughs> it's, when you get that extreme, most people are going, you know, I'm not going to read this. Now, the only reason these newspapers remain in business, most of them across the country, is the sports page. People read it for sports. And even sports is now getting infected. So let me wrap this Talking Points memo up because we have a lot of good information for you tonight. When 330 million Americans cannot get honest information, democracy gets hurt. All right, The Washington Post's uh, motto is Democracy dies in darkness. okay? Well, okay, Washington Post. Uh, your spotlight is on liberals promoting them. That's what you do. Okay? So don't tell me democracy dies in darkness when you're part of the darkness. So when we, the people, can't get the truth or facts, verifiable facts, how can we make decisions? You know, I've told you over and over and over, people believe what they want to believe. Right now in America, that is the trend. They don't care whether it's true or not. They want to believe it, they're going to believe it. If you want to believe that the election of 2020 was a fraud, a massive fraud. That's what you're going to believe. Right? And if you want to believe that Donald Trump was a fascist dictator who wanted the Capitol to be looted and destroyed, that's what you're going to believe. Doesn't matter what the facts are, just doesn't matter. And even if they find facts, if the facts go against the narrative, like Hunter Biden, right? If the facts go against the narrative, we all know Hunter Biden is a grifter. That he made millions and millions of dollars because his father was vice president. Everybody knows that. That's not in dispute. They don't report it. Black it out. So that's what Gallup found out that there's no trust anymore in the television news or the newspaper industries. And when you can't get honest information, so every all the people are now going to the Internet for information. That's insane. There are no editors there. There's nobody there that says, Hey, Lenny, you can't say that about O'Reilly if it isn't true. Lenny can say whatever he wants. It's, it's frightening that is the big reason our country is in decline right now that's the big reason joe biden's president he doesn't deserve to be president he is a terrible president everybody's getting hurt and who backed him who backed joe biden for that job you know who let's go to the border so every day i wait for the biden administration to say something about the border. Something. All right? 476,000 migrants escaped apprehension from U.S. authorities during the fiscal year 2022, which just ended. It's not, they don't do the yearly, they go October to October. Five About a half a million, they estimate. Got away. Well, what is Biden saying about it? Roll the tape. If we are to advance liberty and justice, we need to secure our border and fix the immigration system. And as you might guess, I think we can do both. Sure, he's done nothing, nothing to secure that southern border. Remember the caravan in May that was between about 10,000 people coming up from uh, Guatemala uh, through Mexico? Whatever happened to that? I don't know. It it was there in May, and now it's gone. Well, the Mexican police and army broke it up. However, they allowed the migrants that came into Mexico from Central America to stay in the country for 30 days, like anybody's looking for them. That signal to the migrants, hey, we got to get to the border, the U.S. border, which is where they want to go anyway, and we got to speed it up, which they have. Now, we don't have um, apprehension stats for June yet. They'll come out shortly. But, I mean, it's the only media that covered the breakup of the caravan was CNN.com, not CNN, their website, and Fox News. Okay. The UN issues a study, all right, on migration and it deems the US Mexico border the deadliest land route in the world. UN 2021 was the deadliest year at the United States Mexico border since 2014. 1238 migrant deaths down there. There were well, far more than that, but this is what the UN could find. All right? But Joe Biden, you know, it, it, yeah, yeah, Joe, you got any comment on this? You know, about the 32 that died last week in the hot truck? Yeah, you know, Joe, Joe, well, let's bring in uh, a guest who knows everything about this much smarter than I am. Her name is Laura Rees. She's the Heritage Foundation Director of Border Security and Immigration Center. Ms. Rees has 25 years experience uh, with immigration. And uh, she worked uh, most recently as Acting Deputy Chief of Staff for the Department of Homeland Security on Management and Immigration under the Trump Administration. So, um, when you hear Joe Biden do nothing, when you see him do nothing, how do you assess all this?
1: I'm very worried about it. I feel like we are back at a pre-9-11 posture. The president spoke of border security. He said those words in the State of the Union, but he isn't lifting a finger to secure this border. And that's his most important job, is to protect this country and protect Americans. And he is doing anything but. As an
0: expert, as an expert, is there a why behind Biden's inaction?
1: It seems to me that he is bowing to the radical left groups that want a very open border, There seems to be no limit or or ceiling to the number of illegal immigrants they are willing to let in. And he is hitting record after record, but all of them bad. So it's
0: political and he's going along with the politics to flood the United States with foreign nationals. But then you see the U.N. saying it's the deadliest corridor in the world for deaths of migrants in the world and no comment from Biden at all? Do you think he cares about that?
1: Well, I'm not sure he knows about it, but he ought to care about it. And meanwhile, we've got Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, continuing to say that their policies are the most humane policies. And yet these statistics defy that. If the UN is saying it is the most insecure part of the world That is very telling.
0: Yeah, and it was a stunning report that, of course, got no coverage on the network news at all because of the blackout and because of the corporate media. Now, let's get down to retail level. So if you're a Border Patrol agent or anyone in Homeland Security assigned to the southern border, you got to know that this thing is totally out of control and you really can't do your job effectively correct
1: that's right morale is in the tank and border patrol agents are saying they are now part of the biggest smuggling organization on the planet and yet they're part of the u.s government Um, they call themselves travel agents because they are just processing more illegal aliens into the country instead of returning them out of the country or enforcing our laws
0: Now, the other thing that Biden ignores totally is the fentanyl, heroin, methamphetamine, cocaine flood that accompanies an open border. Well, if you don't have the agents watching for that, trying to stop it, and the agents are otherwise occupied, as you said, with being travel agents to get thousands of people a day, someplace, Um, then the, the narcotics flood in, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of Americans die. And Biden, again, nothing, we get nothing out of him on any of this.
1: That's right. I, I, I don't know how many Americans have to die from fentanyl. It is the number one killer of young people here in this country. That is our future. And this administration is completely silent about it. I don't know if a certain number of people need to die from fentanyl or a certain person needs to die from fentanyl to get the attention of this administration, but this is the most deadly poison and it is causing such destruction in this country and again our president is awol
0: as an american last question for you not as an expert on the border because i you know i can't contradict anything you say i can't challenge anything you say because i know it's all true by the data and the stats that we have but you have a president of the united states who basically is disengaged from solving any problem not just the border the economy violent crime you name it Doesn't have any solutions, doesn't engage, doesn't even seem, as you put it, to know what's going on. I mean, that's pretty frightening, is it not?
1: It is. And I fear it's going to take another terrorist attack before this uh, president wakes up and maybe changes course. And like I said before, I think we're in a pre-9-11 posture. And I think the result may be the same.
0: All right, Ms. Reeves, thanks for helping us out. We really appreciate it. So Jeff Bezos, big liberal guy, owner of The Washington Post. Uh, he's, he's mad at Biden too. So on July 2nd, President Biden uh, tweeted out, we'll put it up on the screen, you'll listen to me on the radio, quote, my message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product and do it now. Okay. You know, I have a little sympathy there. I think there is some price gouging going on. In the retail and wholesale uh, gasoline industry, they always do it. But to blame them for the high prices is ridiculous. So here's Bezos. He uh, tweets after reading Biden's, Ouch, inflation is far too important. A problem for the White House to keep making statements like this. So either straight ahead misdirection or deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics. Well, it's both, Jeff Baby. Can I call you Jeff Baby? Is that okay? And Biden has, and his people have no understanding of economics, none. I mean, they got us into this mess. So um, let me, let me uh, expand on my statement. So about six months ago, I told you, well, I'm speculating, but I think it's possible that Joe Biden's not going to make his four years. That's six months ago. I saw this coming. And now people in his own party, like David Axelrod, big people, they going, ah, you know, I don't know. Now, they can't do anything. Biden can't do anything to November. They've got to try somehow with, with abortion or whatever issue to, to stop the coming Armageddon in the midterm election. They will not be able to do that. It's all about the economy. People are being punished. They're not going to vote for the Democrats. Republicans are going to come in. I believe they'll take both houses. Okay, could be wrong about the Senate. It's a lock. They'll take the House. Bye-bye Nancy Pelosi. She's marginalized. A lot of things will happen uh, after the midterms. Anyway, Biden's got to stay where he is in the faint hope that the Democrats can make a comeback in time for November. After they get waxed, then what does Biden do? He's not going to get any legislation through in his final two years in office. Nothing. All right executive orders are going to be challenged. Every time he signs something, it'll be in federal court the next day. All of the committees in the House and most likely the Senate will then be ginning up investigations of his son, Hunter Biden. That's where they're going to go. It's going to be revenge for January 6th. Republicans will say, all right, you do it to us. We're going to do it to you. So Biden's going to get dragged into Hunter Biden. That's going to be big. Media will suppress it, but you can't suppress that kind of a thing. All right. So then the Democrats are going to go, holy, you know what? We're going to be doomed in the 24 presidential sweepstakes. And by the way, the the Democrats desperately want Trump to run. Because they figure that's the only chance they have. Because a lot of people still hate Trump. So anyway, uh, Biden's sitting there for two years. They got to get him out of there. Now, yes, Kamala Harris becomes the president if Biden resigns because of health reasons. That's how it would go down. Health reasons. OK, I have to, I have to resign. because uh, you, know, you know, you know how it goes. By the way, I found out something over the weekend pretty interesting, and I believe it's true. The Secret Service has now told Joe Biden he cannot ride a bicycle ever again while he's president. I believe that's true. Uh, Anyway, so keep your eye on it. Could be wrong. I'd say 30 to 35 percent of a chance of this. And there you go. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers? I have their trees and plants at my home and they're fantastic. And here's the best part this spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com use promo code bill at checkout. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. Eight seven seven four 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 gold or text GOLD to 65532. Let's get on to uh, Liz Cheney. So I told you hmm, eight months, nine months ago, uh, I think I was the first one to say it, that she is not going to be reelected to her House seat in Wyoming. So let's, uh, we have data that, that will back that up, but let's get to her, um, because a lot of conservatives liked her before Donald Trump. So Liz Cheney despises Donald Trump because Donald Trump attacked her father, the former Vice President Dick Cheney. Now, if somebody attacked my father, I wouldn't like him either, right? right. Okay, I'd... And that's why the Bushes don't like Donald Trump. So, okay, that's all normal. But Liz Cheney went far above the personal beef. All right, she is the point person in trying to take Trump out of politics through the January 6th committee. Here is Ms. Cheney, go.
1: We are confronting a domestic threat that we have never faced before. And that is a former president who is attempting to unravel the foundations of our Constitutional Republic. And he is aided by Republican leaders and elected officials who made themselves willing hostages to this dangerous and irrational man.
0: All right, so there you go, alienates the Republican Party. Then she put out a uh, request in Wyoming for Democrats to register as Republicans to vote for her in the August 16th primary, and of course they won't because the next day Cheney goes out and slams pro-abortion people, so liberals aren't going to do that. So she's got nobody, and here's the proof. Um, this is a poll by Fabrizio Lee and Associates in Wyoming, June 1st, 2nd. Um, if the Republican primary are held today, who would you vote for? Liz Cheney, 28%. Harriet Hagman, 56 percent, her Republican challenger in the primary. So Cheney's out. Now, the problem here, and and one other thing, Cheney, as I said, is a point person on the committee. Pelosi anointed her that to keep the Democrats kind of in the background. Well, remember Cassidy Hutchinson, the one who came in and said Trump grabbed the steering wheel when that's physically impossible to do and threw ketchup or whatever she said. Well, before the testimony, Liz Cheney hugs the woman. Get the picture up. Those listening on radio, I'll describe it. There's uh, Liz and uh, Cassidy embracing and hugging. <laughs> so if you're supposed to have a hearing that's looking for the truth, you're hugging the witness who's going to brutalize Trump. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay. See you, Liz. Now, Liz Cheney, as I um, predict
2: Politics by Faith anywhere you listen to the podcast Politics by Faith Hey this is Vivek Ramaswamy The media has systematically lied to you The Hunter Biden laptop story the origin of COVID-19 the Trump Russia collusion hoax or how your money's being spent in Ukraine enough already with the lies No more lies hard truths only That's what the Truth podcast is all about It's not standard conservative talking points If you want that go somewhere else But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So here is the final thought of the day. This is not taught in any school and most parents do not teach it either. Self-respect. Very important. So I can't remember my parents talking to me about self-respect. Certainly in my schooling, and I've had a lot of it, okay? Never brought up one time. When I was teaching high school, I did bring it up to the students. So what am I talking about? In order to succeed in this life and be a good person, which is success. If you're a good person, that's succeeding in life. You need to respect yourself. All right? How do you do that? Well, you need to develop a code. The code can be what you want it to be, right? But it's got to be a positive code. So let me give you a few examples. My philosophy, the O'Reilly family philosophy that I have imposed on my children, is we do what we say we'll do. If you say somebody, I'm going to call you back, you got to call them back. Going to have lunch, you got to have lunch. I'm going to church, you got to go to church. Okay, we have a code and we respect ourselves so that we discipline ourselves to fulfill the code. Let me give you some negative examples. People who have self-respect, respect themselves, do not abuse their bodies. They do not intoxicate themselves to the degree that they can hurt other people. They don't become alcoholics or drug addicts or irresponsible people they respect their body. They don't abuse themselves so that their health falls apart because that will hurt people who love them. So they respect themselves in a sense, they take care of themselves mentally and physically, and I hope spiritually. Okay, I'm no holy roller and I'm not telling you what to believe and what not to believe. But this is all a big picture here. Now, if somebody disrespects you, and this to me is not acceptable. Somebody disrespects me or my family, I deal with it. Now, you know me, I can get a little heated, like the JetBlue thing that I referred to. That's wrong. And my self-respect, when I get heated, goes down because I should control myself, correct? They lose that Irish temper, no good. You disrespect me or my family or my friends. I'm gonna deal with you. And that's not a threat, not a threat, but I will deal with you and I'll deal with you in a fair way, not gonna blow up your house, but if you're disrespectful because I have self-respect, then there's gonna be not a confrontation, but a communication. And if I see you disrespecting others, then I'm gonna come after you. I'm gonna come after you. Within the law, okay, proper perspective, but coming. Okay, that is the final thought of the day. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We will see you tomorrow.